Well, hi, and welcome to the latest episode of Bitch Prince. For those that are just joining us, Bitch Prince is a self-care podcast, a very honest one at that, for career-driven women, independent women, whether you are climbing the career ladder, whether you are a creative or an artist working in a studio, getting your name out there, regardless of your current job title or what field you're in, this is for my women that want to further their careers, further their brands, further their success, but want to do it in a healthy way and how we can navigate mental health while also climbing that career ladder of success. If you haven't listened to episode one yet, I definitely recommend going back and taking a listen. (laughs) It'll explain where I got the name Bitch Prince from and why it applies to this content. But long story short, one of my heroes in life, both from a career level that has helped me push my way into the spaces I wanted to get into and has elevated my success and has always supported my mental health to an insane level, that was a little ironic to say insane, I digress, is my mother. And the name Bitch Prince actually comes from when she was in college in the 80s and she was working at a local diner with a group of friends. And she and these friends would kind of obviously joke and make fun of some of the customers that came in because you got to laugh at things to be able to get through your job and the day sometimes. And when they were cleaning up and bussing tables, there would once in a while be these cups, whether it's a mug or a wine glass or just a water cup that would have thick, gunky goop all over the outer rim from women's lipsticks. And they would call these bitch prints because quite often the women that wore some of these really intensely colored lipsticks were, you know, maybe some tough broths that weren't the easiest to serve. But when my mom told me the story, I really resonated with it of like, hell yeah, these women don't give a fuck. They are going to show up. They're going to let you know that they were there and it's going to take you a minute to forget them while you're scrubbing their lipstick or their bitch prints off of the cup or mug. So I took bitch prints to really mean something positive as, as a mark that you leave. And that's why our little saying is leave your mark because it is to to not be forgotten and to leave your mark in your career field but of course also make sure you're taking care of yourself from a mental health standpoint and that is what this podcast will help you navigate taking a step back i cannot have a podcast episode without mentioning the very real and very heartbreaking things happening in our country That is partially why I chose the topic for today, which will be how we can help others find jobs, those that are less fortunate and don't have the equal opportunities to not only find jobs uh, because of the color of their skin, but because of the color of their skin, they're in a place where they don't have certain resources, whether it's resume resources, career clothing resources, things like that. So that's going to be the topic for today. But I do want to highlight that this podcast is an equal podcast. We do believe that love is love and that race should not matter in any place that we are not obviously supportive of uh, any kind of racism. I am a Jewish woman, so even though I do not understand what it is like 
to wear that on my skin. I understand being oppressed and murdered and going through certain things that the black community is going through. I do have family that are from Germany. My great grandpa, who I had a very close relationship with until I was nine and he passed away at like 92, he escaped with his wife, my grandma, or sorry, my great grandmother, <laughs> to America. Uh, his family stayed in Germany and his parents, my great great grandparents, I don't know how they hid. But they were put in concentration camps, and I know that they hid because they both survived the concentration camp, and they were uh, alive when it was liberated and got out. So they must have been hiding for a while to be able to survive, because most Jewish people that were put in concentration camps early on, you know, did, did not survive, either from gas or starvation, mostly starvation at that point when time is put in there. So... It hits very close to home to me when we have any sort of racism or religious hate, and yet I still cannot even begin to fathom and understand the daily fear that black people undergo. Um, most of us cannot, unless you also have, you know, brown, black skin, unless you are indigenous unless you have you know actual things like that in your life because oh, forgive me if I'm not wording this correctly but it really just is very emotional as a Jewish woman to identify us we had to wear yellow stars we had to be tattooed and that was terrifying but that was of course temporary I can hide my Jewishness very well it's not obvious that I'm Jewish if you really think of it from a stereotypical standpoint. I don't understand what it is like to not be able to live behind something. And that is why I think the statement of, I understand that I'll never understand however I stand, is incredibly important during this time in our country. We need to support every race, religion, every person in this community, whether they are gay, straight, black, trans woman, anything, um, we are all human beings and we all deserve to live safe lives without daily fear. I posted on my Facebook something that hit me really hard, obviously the deaths of George and deaths that have been happening all over the country for decades and decades and decades is what we're fighting for, but we're also fighting for things like I, what I posted on my Facebook, which was an account of a black male who is a college professor, went on his lunch break. There was a report of a robbery in the area, and this poor man just immediately got stopped by police because he was black and was wearing a beanie, which was part of the description. And... They tried to get him in the car, and he luckily had someone that saw and another black woman waited to make sure he was safe, but this man who is obviously a high status and is a college professor and who can obviously articulate himself well to cops was still almost detained, and pretty much detained, and how embarrassing is that? Just trying to go in to get your lunch and you're detained because you fit some ridiculous description of a burglary, burglary nearby. I just, 
you'll have to look it up uh, because obviously I'm not giving the full story here, but we don't understand as I am a white person, uh, uh, what it is like to live like that, to be just going about your daily life. And he said that when they let him know he fit this description, the first thing that went through his head was, I might die today. And I, I know I don't feel that way when I get pulled over. I feel scared. I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to die. And black people do feel that fear every time. And they feel, they feel that fear completely uh, rightfully. And that is wrong. And that is heartbreaking. And no one in our country, especially in flipping 2020, should feel that. So I am currently recording this on Blackout Tuesday. So I hope everyone... Um, when you hear this, I'll say then yesterday participated in Blackout Tuesday and, and posting a black square on your social media and nothing else because we are only a great nation if we are helping everyone. Our government and our nation is only as great as the weakest person in it and the person with the least amount of rights. And even though we should all have equity, the reality is we don't. And the level that it's at is making us a weak country. And it's heartbreaking to live in one at this moment where people are protesting and we are being shot down by guns and rubber bullets and tear gas and our own president and our own police force that are not actually letting people protest peacefully because we are seeing protests that are peaceful still getting tear gassed out the wazoo. And that includes my hometown. There have been good peaceful protests where I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, um, more specifically Carmel, Indiana. They had some great peaceful protests. But in reality, uh, my husband and I watched a live stream of Indiana's downtown protests and it was completely peaceful. And if you look at video, the cops started putting, I mean, just dozens and dozens of tear gas was just flying everywhere for no reason. And even if you find, oh, one reason one protester threw a water bottle, the uh, the volume of tear gas that was thrown all across different areas, different cross sections of downtown, it was clearly not okay. And, and we were, they were not allowing the peaceful protests to even happen, which is not freedom. So with that, um, I know that with Phoenix, where I live now, Phoenix, Arizona, there was looting in Scottsdale. Scottsdale is one of the richer areas. Those are not the real protesters. Those are looters. The protests that actually happened on Roosevelt Row and downtown were peaceful and I believe have been going off, they're going on very, very well. They've been going on since the weekend. And from what I've seen, the downtown peaceful protests in Phoenix are amazing. So I'm just... I'm very proud of the people and I am very proud of the police force because the good police force that we are seeing now are the ones that are kneeling. You know, they're there. You are allowed to be there, but you're not suited up waiting for a riot with, you know, bulletproof everything and rubber bullets just cocked and ready to go. Um, they're kneeling saying, hey, we're here because we have to be here, but we support you. And we are... We can't be necessarily part of the protest, but since we are here, we agree with the protest and we support you. We're not here armed, ready to 
hurt you and be defensive. And that is what we need to be seeing. And we have seen that in some cities and that is very powerful. So proud of those cities. So in the end, we have a long way to go when it comes to equity and justice. And again, I don't know what it's like to have daily fear for your life from authority like that, um, but I understand that I'll never understand. However, I do stand with you and Black Lives Matter. So to continue on with this podcast for the week, I thought it was best to focus on a topic that does hit Black Lives the most in the career field here and that is finding a job because the bottom line is is we do have a society that keeps people poor we do have a society that keeps black people poor it is systematic it exists and i am here to maybe help with the mental health of finding a job and help the black community with finding jobs to try their best to get out of this systematic racism. When it comes to finding a job, obviously that causes an insane amount of stress and anxiety and imposter syndrome. So how do you navigate when you're looking for a job and take care of your self-care while also putting your best foot forward and working your ass off to find a job? The biggest part of self-care that you can emulate while you're looking for a job is to not waste your time. The bottom line is, is you're going to be sitting there sending out resume after resume after resume. And if you get a call, you're going to want to go to that interview. And I, I am saying, go ahead, send out your resumes absolutely everywhere. Can't hurt. But you do need to be a little bit wary and picky about the interviews you go to about the companies that you are going to interview for and the time that you are spending going to all of these interviews. If you burn yourself out going to interviews that are not worth your time, that are honestly just false interviews that are not being conducted in a proper way and aren't really giving you a job that is going to be a career and last for you. It's really not a sustainable job and it's really, you know, maybe a pyramid scheme or something like that. How do we identify that so we don't waste our time going to false interviews and burning ourselves out so that by the time we get to the good interviews and we've gotten through the weeds to the real companies that we can put our best foot forward? I don't want you guys to burn yourselves out and spend all of your best interview moments on these false companies. It's it's not worth it. And I've done it myself. So how do we navigate these waters and how do we set ourselves up for the best interview possible? My first tip when figuring out where you should go for a job interviews, first and foremost, if you hear about job interviews that are mass interviews, whether you hear this on the radio, like, oh, hey, just letting you know this company is looking for job candidates and they're having like an open wide search for people, just come on down at this time and they're going to just do this mass interview for people. If you hear things like that on the radio or see ads for that online, do not go. Do not go. I don't want to completely discredit these companies, 
But the bottom line is, is this is not going to serve you. It is going to be an interview that's going to absolutely burn you out. You're going to be hopping around to different interview rooms with 50 to 100 people, if not more. And that is insane. That's absolutely insane. And no real company should be needing to do that. They are interviewing the masses because the job is not good enough to interview individuals. It is not good enough of a company or a job that they can really target professionals that are going to be expecting certain salaries, certain culture, and that is why they do these mass interviews because they just need to find the desperate people that are both fitting what they need but desperate enough to come to these interviews. I've been to one. It's super fucking weird. (laughs) I wasted my college spring break senior year going to one. I was really upset about it and When I was just sitting there listening to their spiel, I was like, get me the fuck out of here. Do not go to these giant mass interviews that you hear on the radio or sometimes online. First things first, just don't. It's not a real opportunity. Walk away. The next and more obvious one are pyramid schemes. It is sometimes hard still to identify pyramid schemes. It really is. But it is one of the top ways that companies pull people in because they promise all these great deals and incentives. And if you reach this milestone, you get this reward. And no. One of the easiest ways to look at pyramid schemes is, of course, product. Uh, If it is something like, oh, hey, you buy this product and then you have little parties and sell it then you get this reward and this reward. No, you should never have to buy product to then try and sell. Now, I do love companies like Pure Romance and things like that. And they'll have you buy like a display kit and then they'll provide, you know, the rest of the merchandise for you to actually sell. I do love Pure Romance. But the majority of these product type things where you actually host parties and have to reach out to friends and family. I know we kind of make fun of women more specifically online that it's like no like chick I sort of knew in high school that is maybe a little white trash right now and I haven't talked to since high school. I don't want to hear about what you're selling right now. (laughs) Um, It's not a nice stereotype, but it is kind of a real one. And it stinks because these women are getting caught in pyramid schemes and they're really trying to make extra money and to do some kind of sales and to help their family. But in reality, it's nine out of 10 times false hope and they're kind of embarrassing themselves and they're also putting forth all of this effort that is not going to pay off. And if they're paying for this product that they have to sell, then it's definitely not going to get pay, pay off at all. So try to spot pyramid schemes. They're usually going to be offering you a lot of like incentives or kind of like prizes almost if you sell a certain amount of things. And, you know, this isn't Girl Scouts. Like with Girl Scouts, it was like, if you sell this many cookies, then you can pick from this catalog of these prizes. That is not how a professional job should be at all. And if they have, if you have to buy the product to sell it, no, no. You don't want boxes and boxes of products sitting in your house and you're just sitting there waiting for someone to let you have a party at their place so you can sell it. That is not okay. It is a pyramid scheme. You aren't going to get rich. Walk away. 
I definitely recommend looking up pyramid schemes and identifying it so you can really make sure that if you step into an interview and it ends up being a pyramid scheme that you can catch it because they can be tricky and they they do hide it well a lot of the time. So look up pyramid schemes if you aren't familiar with it and learn how you can avoid getting involved in those. It's not, it's, I'm sorry, it's not a real job. It's not, it's not. You, a real job is going to give you clear job goals. You are going to have a job description. You are going to have a real boss that has been appointed that, not a boss that has sold a lot of stuff and so they've convinced other people to be part of their team and join them. And you deserve benefits. And I mean, there's just so many things that pyramid schemes don't offer. So look that up. It, it, it's not it's not a real job and it's not going to give you the best life. It's just simply not. The other types of roles that I have interviewed for that I definitely say, hey, watch out for this, are insurance roles. Now, I'm not saying all insurance companies do this, and I'm not saying all jobs and insurance companies are bad. That's stupid. But I will say that if you look on websites like Monster and Indeed and all these career websites, there are a lot of job opportunities that have to do with insurance companies. A lot. And they will often, when it comes to pyramid schemes or insurance companies, they'll kind of position these as marketing job opportunities. It's not a marketing job opportunity. That is not what this is. So if you're searching for a marketing job, be extra careful because we really see this in the marketing area the most. So if you're looking for a role in marketing, Keep an eye out for pyramid schemes and keep an eye out for kind of fake insurance jobs. They will give you interviews really, really, really quickly. If the interview seems kind of like too quick and too good to be true, chances are it is because they are absolutely desperate and they're like, oh my gosh, let's get this person in here. So be very wary of that and just double check the opportunity at the insurance company. If it is literally to just sell insurance, I would step away from that. Some people really do find a great career in this space, but I have found that it really isn't the best opportunity and it's kind of the next step up from a pyramid scheme is selling insurance. So obviously there are different types of insurance. I work for a financial institution or a financial institution like industry related company that does sell different kinds of products to credit unions and banks, and then they sell them to the members. And that is very legitimate. And our sales reps who sell things like guaranteed asset protection and stuff like that, like auto insurance type things, they sell those products to the bank and credit union. And that is, I mean, it's an amazing company and our sales reps, well, they're freaking rich, let's be real. Uh, But if it is just an insurance company, you know, like maybe Allstate or like some kind of life insurance that is selling directly to the consumer, that is kind of more of what I'm talking about. If they're asking you to sell insurance directly to a consumer, not to another company, not to a business, but to a consumer, these are often really not the best job opportunities. And I would just dip out of those interviews because they pop up a lot on career finding websites and job search websites. So now that we've kind of weeded out some of the things to avoid, 
how do we actually set ourselves up to be prepared for a job interview, especially if we are less fortunate, if we are fearful of racism, if we are stuck in systematic racism and we do not have the opportunities that other people have growing up, that other people have in terms of resources to get a job, to get an outfit to go to that interview, to get to the damn interview because they don't have a car. How do we navigate this? First and foremost, let's start with the resume. With your resume, there are a ton of resources online. And I realize that not everyone might have access to online. If you have a cell phone, most of us do at this point have smartphones. But go to an internet cafe. There are those around in cities. Find an internet cafe. Or heck, I think you could even kind of go to like a Kinko's FedEx. And I've printed off stuff there because we don't have a printer. But you might be able to actually like go to a Kinko's FedEx and go online and look up resume stuff. But go to some kind of internet cafe or look it up on your laptop if you have one or your phone if you have a smartphone and you have data. Look up resume resources online through simply Google, to be perfectly honest. Look them up through LinkedIn. For those that don't know, LinkedIn is a social media platform for business And it's really where you can promote yourself and really have like kind of your online resume and make connections with people, things like that. It's very, very powerful business connection tool. If you know what kind of job you're looking for, go to look at LinkedIn. You should have a LinkedIn profile first and foremost. Uh, Make your LinkedIn profile and start searching for people that have the job you want and then look at their LinkedIn. Because they will have, not their exact resume, but they will have their LinkedIn resume, which is going to say what company they worked for, and it's going to connect you to that actual company's page, business page on LinkedIn, and it will show you the jobs, their job title, and also what they did within that job in that role, their you know tasks and things like that. So if you are looking for a specific job, a great place to start is LinkedIn. It will help you realize how you need to word your resume. It'll help you realize what is actually valuable to share and not share on your resume. For instance, if you want to get into social media, it's not really that powerful to say, yeah, I did social media and I worked on Facebook. Okay, well, that's great. What did you actually do? One of the best things to start with on your resume is to outline your daily tasks, but then instead of listing just these daily tasks that you do, figure out where you found success. So instead of saying, yeah, I managed our Facebook, say, yeah, I doubled our engagement on Facebook. I mean, obviously that's true, (laughs) but don't list on your resume necessarily all the tasks and like job description you want to actually list kind of your job description in terms of the success that you brought with it. So for instance, if you help as kind of an admin for sales reps, don't just say, I work as an admin for sales reps. Say, I actually developed A, B, and C materials that helped them with A, B, and C things. Be specific in your resume. Don't be so high level that it just reads like a basic job description. Make it specific to show how you truly contributed in that role. 
And the best way to really start is by looking on LinkedIn, searching for other people and how they word things to help you out with kind of that lingo and how to really structure your sentences to make them short and concise because we don't want three sentences or three lines for one bullet point in your resume. You don't. You want it short and sweet, one line per bullet if you can. Look up resources on LinkedIn and simply Google resumes if you really want to look at different layouts. When you're ready to actually create your resume, I highly recommend looking up Canva, C-A-N-V, I'm sorry, C-A-N-V-A. Canva is free on a certain level, free enough that you can make a resume out of it, and they will have resume templates. You don't need to go on Microsoft Word and try to obnoxiously format a resume and just come out with a boring Times New Roman situation. Get on Canva and take the outline that you've created for your resume that you've gotten from LinkedIn based on how you've typed up and written your resume from resume resources online and start to pick your actual layout on Canva and copy and paste your content into these layouts. Chances are with Canva, they'll have other things that maybe you didn't see in other resume resources. For instance, Canva has a lot of great layouts that will say what will have kind of images that say like uh, that are kind of markers for like your skill set so if you know adobe photoshop they'll have like little circles that is like are you there's five circles do you know like three out of five or four out of five circles like they have really good visual representations of how you can actually show your skill sets and what you've achieved so I, you know, of course, first just type out what you want to share, your skills, your achievements, your awards, and of course, the jobs you've had. And then get on Canva and find the right layout for you and fit it into this layout. Canva is an amazing resource that you're going to be able to figure out an interesting way to depict all of your achievements and be able to send it off with a really positive layout that is going to catch the job looker's uh, attention. The other thing I like to note when it comes to your resume is do not get crazy with fonts and colors. Pick one or two colors, usually just like black and white with one accent color, maybe two. And do not make this like a bright yellow or a bright teal or something that's obnoxious. Yes, you want your resume to resonate as you but just because you like Tiffany blue doesn't mean Tiffany blue needs to be on your resume make it something that will actually catch the person's eye who is actually recruiting the recruiter's eye but do not make something that will burn their eye socket out or that maybe you like this color but it's really not a universally liked color pick universally liked colors so you catch the recruiter's attention but you don't blind them either I also recommend not putting your picture on your resume. You have your picture on LinkedIn that is supposed to be there. I don't like putting pictures on resumes because I do believe that there will be a lot of of maybe racism, even if they don't think that they're being racist. There's a lot of ageism. I know when I was younger, I didn't want to put my picture on there because I look a lot younger than my experience. 
So I highly suggest not putting a picture on a resume because I do think that even people that would not consider themselves someone that would think that stereotypically, you people do. They just naturally do. And that's the reality of it. So I would not put my picture on a resume. When you are out looking for jobs and maybe you need money a little bit sooner, And so you're like, oh no, Mallory, what the hell do I do? Maybe I just will do a pyramid scheme or start off with this insurance crap because I just need a job. No, look up recruiting agencies and look up temp jobs. If you need a job right now, go get a temp job. Don't just get a shitty job that you won't want in the long run. That's your career. Get a temp job so that you have income while you are looking for your true career. When I first graduated college, I got a temp job. It was with a really cool company that does really like big scale sound systems for super rich people. And they have this event every single year. And so I got a temp job to help sign to sign people up for this event to market this event and to even do silly things like resetting user passwords for people that had signed up for the event and have a username and password and can't get in and want to register and things like that so I was helping out digitally with this event both in a marketing way and with an in an administrative way it was super freaking easy and it was really low stress and it was $12 an hour which is really damn good for a temp job So look for a temp job. They're not going to be stressful. They're going to be, you know, chances are very easy administrative tasks. You'll get some experience. You'll have that stability. And $12 an hour to be helping people sign up for an event and resetting user passwords, I will take it. And then I was able to continue to look for jobs because with a temp job, it's temporary. They expect you to leave. So they're not going to look negatively upon you when you start looking for jobs. If you go out and just grab a job real quick that you don't really want long term and then want to go look for the job you really want, they are going to look down on you constantly going out and trying to find another job and having job interviews. So get a temp job because you'll have that money, that stability. You won't have a ton of stress at your work, so you'll have more energy to put forth in interviews. And they'll be expecting you to move on eventually. So you won't get this negative feedback of, oh, you're going to an interview. Excuse me, you're going to leave us. So once you kind of are ready to get into interviews for the career you really want, if you are don't have these resources to get to the place that you need to get, dress for the job that you want, then of course, nowadays we're very fortunate that we have things like Uber and Lyft that people can get to jobs. You know, five, 10 years ago, this was way more stressful. And it was like, if you're not near a bus, you're fucking screwed. So now we really do have Uber and Lyft. So it is easier to get to that job interview, regardless of your race or your religion or your income and and where you live. However, there is still huge issues with dressing for the job that you want. Business attire is not cheap and not at all. And chances are that you might not have money to go out and 
get business attire for the job that you want. And the reality is, is you're going to be dressing a lot more formal for your interview than you will on your day-to-day job. Most jobs nowadays don't require a suit and tie, which is also really awesome. Most jobs nowadays, including even where I work, which used to be business casual, is now, well, I guess it was a little higher, whatever, is now way more chill and you're able to wear jeans every single day. So most companies now, you don't need a full fucking wardrobe of work clothes, of pants that you only wear to work, of blazers that you only wear to work. And that's really positive. But when you need to go to an interview, you still need that look and you still need that attire for the interview. So how do you get it if you don't have those resources? How do you dress? Where do you get the clothing? If you can afford, you know, going to Goodwill or something like that, of course, that's the first stop shop is buying reused, resold items. If you don't, there are a lot of local nonprofits who offer business attire to help people who can't afford it get a job that they deserve. Because just because you can't afford your business attire right now doesn't mean that you aren't capable and worthy and intelligent enough for the job you are applying for. And it is very sad that people that would be good for so many roles are systematically held back and can't get these roles because they cannot find means and resources to get the right resume content, to get the right outfit for that job interview. So there are local nonprofits who offer business attire. There is actually a nationwide one called the Alliance of Career Development, or ACDN. Again, that's Alliance of Career Development, or ACDN. And they offer, it's kind of a nationwide thing you can look up that does offer business attire um, for people who cannot afford it on their own so that they can freaking nail that job interview and land that job. There are also a lot of churches. If you are a religious person, a lot of churches will offer business attire. They take donations of clothes and they will have these resources. So I definitely recommend checking out your local churches around your area. And again, there are nonprofits that work individually. So look up in your area if there are any of those because there are um, other things besides ACDN that offer Um, individual things for people that really want to help out the community. So take a look, look that up. When you are searching for your business attire, women, I highly suggest not looking for skirts. And I'll tell you why, for two reasons. One, I just do think pants just kind of show, hey, I mean business, bitch. (laughs) This is maybe just a personal thing. But it is harder to find skirts that fit properly. It is way harder to find professional skirts, especially resold or donated, that are going to fit you properly. And you don't need to walk in with a pencil skirt that is constricting your body like a fucking snake. That does not look well upon you. I highly suggest sticking to just a pair of gray or black pants. They are easy to find. They're going to be way easier to find in Goodwill or in a donation box, just in tan khakis fine too, but just gray, black, tan work dress pants. If they're a little bit too big, you just put a belt on. 
It's way easier to find pants. They look way more authoritative. They say, hey, I'm in this room. I'm professional. And the reality is, is with skirts that don't fit right, you do kind of run the risk of it being too short or it looking too tacky or not dressed up enough because it doesn't fit. And you want to look as professional as you can. So just X and A the skirts. Go for the pants. Then all you need to find is a black blazer. Just find a blazer. And as long as it's not like eating you alive because it's so big, it's easy. It doesn't need to be like this professionally tailored blazer. It doesn't. Just get a blazer. Finally, you need just a clean top underneath. You don't have to get some beautiful blouse or like silky undershirt. You just need a clean top. Because even if it's some kind of, not a t-shirt, but almost looks like it in a way, if it's if it's underneath, as long as it's not like a wife beater tank top style or like a shirt that has like a pocket on the front that clearly looks like a t-shirt, no one's going to know you're going to have a blazer over it. So just get a nice colored shirt. You probably already have one of these. And, you know, again, just like your resume, don't make it an insane color. Just make it a nice muted color. So it can be a totally neutral color, maybe like a nuded mauve, something like that. Um, but just a, a clean top underneath. It does not need to be something incredibly swanky because a blazer is going to be over it. And then finally, just wear flats. If you want to wear heels, if that's your thing and you've got a collection of heels, go for it. Not platform heels. We aren't going to the club. Do not wear platform heels. I would not even recommend wearing like stilettos. I know that may make you feel like a fashion badass bitch, but just, just wear short heels. We're not trying to impress on a fashion standpoint. We're just trying to look professional. And honestly, in a job interview, the more boring, the better. And that's the reality. I know it's hard because you want to like show off your personality in a job interview, but let your words do that, not your clothing. Just let your words and your resume speak for you. Because if you, you can really go wrong trying to wear clothing that shows your personality because that's totally objective and subjective and people might read it differently how you read your clothing. So when it comes to clothing for a job interview, keep it boring. (laughs) Just keep it boring so that your resume and your voice speaks for you, not what you're wearing in terms of who you are. What you're wearing should just show that you're professional. That's it. It should just show that you can clean up and look professional. So we've got black pants, we've got a black blazer, we've got a clean top underneath, and just wear wear nice flats. You can just wear nice flats. Be comfortable. Don't walk in thinking you have to wear high heels and walking like Bambi because you don't walk well in heels. If you don't walk well in heels, don't wear heels. Nobody cares. Wear nice flats that you can walk in easily. And if you have any kind of, you know, nice jewelry, go ahead and wear it. That's fine. You can show your personality through your jewelry. Wear a cute chunky necklace or a pearl necklace or a bracelet. Go ahead and wear jewelry. But don't wear an undershirt that is insane and blinding to the eye. Don't wear heels that you can't walk in or that look way better at a, you know, sexy dinner night out. Just be boring, be muted, and if you're going to show your personality in your clothing, let it be through a couple little jewelry pieces or something like that. Let your resume and your voice speak for you. When you're in an interview, now you're seated there and you're nervous and you're trying to prove yourself. But remember, 
This interview is also the company trying to prove themselves. And that goes back to me saying no pyramid schemes, don't go to big giant, oh, 100 people at a time. Let's announce on the radio that all these people should come and interview for job openings. No. And even no selling insurance situations. Because this company needs to also prove themselves to you. And this is a huge reason why we don't want to get burnt out at the beginning of wasting our time with the three things I mentioned above of the job interviews that are a waste of your time. Because then you're going to get to the real interview that is the real career and you're going to be tired and you're not going to ask them the right questions as well as not answering the questions that they ask you to the best of your ability. Bring your A-game to the good interviews, not at the beginning to the crappy interviews that you just kind of put in and give all your energy to at the beginning because they're easy interviews to get. No, don't give your energy to the easy interviews because chances are that is a waste of your energy. When it's time for your interview at the career you really want, you have the right to ask them questions. No matter how much you've been put down at other jobs or how insecure you feel because of where you are coming from in your current job or situation or livelihood, they asked you for this interview. They want to interview you. Therefore, you are worthy. You deserve this. You are meant to be there. And do not doubt that for a second. You can be nervous as hell, but they scheduled this appointment with you. They scheduled this interview. That is all you need to know that you are meant to be there. So interview them right back. Always have questions about the job specifically that you want to ask them back at the end of the interview. But also ask them questions about the company. Ask them about vacation time, about benefits, about the culture, about the expected hours of work. You know, do they want you to work overtime? Is it 40 hours a week or is it really salary 60 hours a week? If they offer education, you don't want to just get to a job that is like, cool, you're working now, we're done with you. You want to work for a company that wants to help further you as well in your career too. Obviously, they hope it's going to be with them, uh, but they are going to further your education. So definitely ask about vacay time. As I mentioned in my Spill the Tea episode a couple weekends ago, <laughs> that if a company says you don't get vacation within a first year of you working there, uh, dip out. That is not okay. That is not realistic. You are not a freaking slave worker. That is crazy. You deserve at like absolute bare minimum two weeks to a month of vacation in your first year. 110%. You deserve that. Make sure they're going to give that to you. Ask them about their benefits and make sure that if there's any medications, things that you need covered, that that is going to be covered. And ask them about their culture. Do people work overtime all the time? Do they give you educational resources? Do they want you to grow? What is daily life like at this company? You're going to be working there every day and you deserve to know. When you're in the interview, do not forget that you belong there. You are worthy and this company needs to prove to you that they're a good company for you to literally spend like 70% of your week at. Once you land that interview, you know, give me some, give me some, uh, shoot me up on Instagram at Mallory.Blaine at M-A-L-L-O-R-Y dot B-L-A-Y-N-E. Let me know if any of this helps you or not. 
Let me know if you landed the job, if you took any of these tips away. Let me know if there's anything further that I can help you with. I want to help help this defeat this systematic racism. I want to help everyone, no matter what race or religion you are, get the career that they deserve. We are badass women and we deserve to work in the career that shows off our skills and talent. If you are nervous that you don't have a certain skill set, the best place to start is looking for administrative jobs like, you know, any kind of admin or maybe data entry. Is it going to be boring at first? Hell yeah, it's going to be boring, but it's still a resume builder and any kind of administrative job is going to give you a lot of good just business experience. So if you don't know exactly what career you want to go into, don't worry. Start there. It's kind of like going to college and getting a business degree it's very similar. Like you don't know exactly what concentration you want to do yet. So that's okay. Look for some kind of administrative job. But definitely hit me up if this helped. And please hit me up on Instagram if you need any further information, if you want more resources, if you want me to expand upon this episode. And of course, as always, if you have any suggestions for episodes in the future. My shout out for this week are going to be Um, A couple Phoenix businesses, Phoenix, Arizona, nonprofits that do offer business attire. So if you are a woman right now who's like, all right, I'm in the Phoenix area. I'm ready to go for some interviews. There is one called Wheat's Clothes Silo. It's W-H-E-A-T, wheat, like the actual, you know, food product. Wheat's Clothes Silo on 7th Street. And there's one called Fresh Start Women's Foundation. Fresh Start Women's Foundation. And these are two nonprofits in Phoenix that do offer business attire for those that cannot afford it and are going to an interview. So pick up your blazer and your black pants there. And as always, please check out my Instagram and other people's Instagram for Black-owned businesses. Um, What a really great thing we can do right now, even if you're too nervous to go out and protest because there are so many instances where police are misbehaving right now and tear gassing and shooting rubber bullets when they should not be. You can still support the black community in so many ways. And one of that is to support black owned businesses. So check that out on Instagram. Look some up. I know I've already contributed to a couple because we all deserve support and now is the time for equity and justice. So with that, Black Lives Matter. I hope everyone, regardless of your race or religion, is doing okay mentally right now or as well as you can be and that you aren't letting the systematic flaws get you down and that you're still going to get out there and leave your mark. Till next week, ladies. Bye.